Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Tuesday afternoon. The first day of the month of August, welcome to Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl Football. River Resort studio, Pearl River Resort. It is, uh, it's the home of the um, sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. We are really close for you being able to get into the action at Pearl River Resort in the sports book. Check them out. PearlRiverResort.com. Love to hear from you on the ceasefire text line at 601 879 Four three nine five. Introducing the new Connect and Protect plan from Seaspire, the phone your kids want with easy to use parental controls for you. It's just thirty dollars a month with auto pay. Learn more at Seaspire.com. Seaspire customer inspired. Football month. It is a football month. It's football month. Yes, it is. But but before I've I've had a massage before. And it looks like you're in a room where the mood yeah, is set that, that you're getting one. Yeah, well, I'm, after I'm, the I'm show. working on that. I was, I was trying to play around with the settings on the camera. I was going to ask if you were attacked by a bat recently, and you know, you've know you developed an aversion to crucifixes and mirrors. What's going on in there? Uh, so I've had a massage before. They are incredibly relaxing. But I have never gotten that pedicure where they, they work on your toes and your feet and you know kind of feels nasty. How was that yesterday, hey, Deb? We told everybody yesterday that you were out because you had a, a spa appointment that had been on the calendar. You were doing like the full spa day where you got the massage, yeah. you got the manicure, yeah. you got the pedicure, you got your eyebrows plucked, the, the whole deal. How was it? Oh, I got full Brazilian. I got it all. It's, yeah, it's, we're, we're oh, good yeah, to go. We did, we did mention waxing, and then I quickly moved on. Na- naked from the chin down. Just it's all gone. So. Well, congratulations. Did you enjoy it? <laughs> Good relaxing day. Good yeah, relaxing yeah. day. Yes, it's football month. Yes. Football month. Hall of Fame game is what? This weekend? Thursday. Mm. <laughs> Thursday. And the My Chemical Romance concert, Richard, is when? Shut up. <laughs> Let's see if that does anything. That didn't really do anything. You got Mayday Parade on your playlist? I don't know, man. I'm not sure what I'm doing. I don't know enough. I don't know enough of the 90s emo stuff to really jump in here. I just want to throw like a dashboard confessional or something. That's about all I can give you. 
Uh, good to be with you this afternoon. Love to hear from you, as we mentioned on the ceasefire text line. That number is 601-879-4395. Always good to have the, the whole crew around. Uh, looking forward to a conversation with Southern Miss head football coach Will Hall. He is always gracious with his time. He joins us on the eve of camp for Southern Miss. We'll talk about his team, uh, about the quarterback position, clearly. Uh, that's uh, an area where lots of people have got questions about what they've got coming back on the defensive side, on Frank Gore Jr. and the value that he brings, and uh, a few other things. And uh, looking forward, always enjoy our conversations with Will Hall as we uh, get set to visit with him on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We also will talk with David Cobb from CBS Sports later this afternoon. We'll get some of his thoughts on what is going on out west. I, I really like the way Borky phrased this on our, our rundown sheet. He says the second most interesting conference this year in college football is doubling as a disaster. It's hard to imagine messing things up any more than the Pac-12 has messed things up. Now, has anything technically happened today in terms of another team saying, adios, we're out? No. But the Pac-12 conference and its leadership, George Klyavikov and others, met with all of the athletics directors. Had a big meeting today. And what were what did we expect was going to come from the meeting? Finally, the Pac-12 was going to reveal to its members, to its leaders, this is what we're going to do with our television contract. The worry can stop. The chaos can stop. We are ready to go forward. Apparently, that's not what happened in the meeting today. They were presented details of a television deal, maybe even some different options, and they couldn't come to an agreement on what the best roadmap was going forward. And it is fascinating to me, and I think would be fascinating to you, that we have not heard any leaks so far on money, which can't help but make you wonder if the money is not very good. Because if the money was good... That's that's what I was wondering. It's an embarrassing number. Yeah, like from a stabilizing factor, if they were right there with the Big 12 at 30, 31, 32, 33 million, wouldn't you think that that number would have gotten out by now just to kind of calm the nerves of everyone? Well, well, something is uh, leaking, and it's that a majority of the games uh, of Pac-12 sporting events that would air would be on Apple TV. It would be a subscription-based thing. Not like the SEC Network where your baseball games, and with all due respect to these other sports, the tennis and stuff, show up on. No, you're talking about basketball and football games uh, would show up on a pay-to-watch app. And as... People my age and younger, like that, that resonates. That's fine, whatever. Like, just give me another app. I've got five of them already. But a lot of people already have Apple TV. But the the projections that apparently this the current Pac-12 members were given 
on how much money they would get per year are based on them hitting certain subscription milestones. So it's not you're guaranteed oh, well, this amount every year. It is this is what you could get if we sell this many subscriptions. Hold on a second. Incentive-based. Does, does my current Apple TV subscription not make me eligible I, for Pac-12 content, or is that an add-on to my existing Apple TV subscription? I believe it is an add-on. It's an add-on. Just like the MLS package. You don't get all the soccer games, do you? I, I, I don't know. I don't, frankly, <laughs> even know why I subscribe to Apple TV. Like he's been looking for Arnold. <laughs> like Richard's like... Well, but if you pull it up, you see whether or not they're there. Yeah. What's going on? Okay, yeah. I, I got a story for you. And hey, Dad, feel free to. Hey, make the lights your, are on. Yeah, I turned them on. Make your joke; it's fine. Forgive me. And this is stupid, and it's irresponsible. I was, I was scrolling through my online bank statement the other day, and I looked at it, and I was like, "What the heck is Fubo TV?" <laughs> Why did you I signed that? up. I signed up somewhere along the way for the one week or one month free trial. When I signed up, I couldn't even figure out how to log in. I have never watched a single minute of content of Fubo TV. But apparently I've been paying for Fubo TV for the last 11 months. So I was thrilled. Almost a year. Yes. Yes. They got you. So that, well, that I, so, so maybe like I a got World a raise Cup last thing? week. I don't know. I got, I got a raise last week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got a hundred dollar a month raise last week. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. But, but it, that, that story's I know, not. Unique, I don't know what's it? funnier. I don't know what's funnier that you had Fubo TV that you had Fubo TV. Or that you weren't watching it and weren't even aware it was just it was just coming out each month and you just happened to catch it. I'm not sure which is funnier. I mean, I was looking for a specific transaction on my bank statement. I, was like, I just want to make sure something had cleared that I thought was supposed to be there. I was like, what is that? And I was like, Fubo TV. Wait, that's one of those subscription services. Nope. Yeah, for soccer. Yeah. Well, and, and they build themselves as, you know, get all of the sports, you know, the best you know, subscription service for all of the sports. I think, I don't know, maybe I was trying to watch a Braves game or something, uh, whatever it was. But, uh, yeah, good good to uh, good to have that gone. So <laughs> what they hope is that you sign up for one of these subscription services and then you never think about it again. How many people nationally, I mean, diehard Pac-12 fans, will they sign up for an add-on to Apple TV? Of course. Of course they will. Sure. But will will Brian Haydad? No. No. Pac-12 is something that I enjoy when I'm flipping channels or when the other games are winding down. I know I can go to ESPN and there's going to be a Pac-12 game there. Search it out like that? Unlikely. Yeah. Mm-mm. I'm not. I'm not paying. I mean, now, the MLS package is like eighty bucks. I'm not paying that to watch now, Pac-12 football ne- next year. Next year, Mississippi State at Arizona State. Maybe I do pay. Maybe I do have to pay for a month. But that would but, be temporary. You're not signing up for a year. Yeah, I wouldn't sign up for a year, no. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will Hall will join us on the Farm Bureau guest line coming up next in the Pearl River Resort Studios. 
passing bond like sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. Covering your favorite teams like no one else. On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. this morning the calendar flipped from july to august and we got into the month where camp begins and games are just around the corner we are thrilled to be joined by will hall the head football coach at the university of southern mississippi on the farm bureau guest line coach it's here it is finally here time to uh, start knocking pads and bumping helmets and getting ready for a season i know you're excited yeah, I really am. You know, it's it's been a you know I've been quoted as saying a lot, a lot over the summer and throughout this off season that it's been a tough build for us here. You guys know that, but as we go into year three, it's been a very very rewarding build as we look back on everything we've been able to accomplish and how much better we are right now than what we were when we got here. And I think you know we play a tremendously tough schedule. You guys know that it's been well documented. But I like our football team. I like the roster we've been able to build since we've gotten here and uh you know i think i think we'll be a tough out for people i think we're going to be i think we're going to have a chance to uh, to put our best foot forward and 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 this schedule gives us a chance to put southern miss you know back on the forefront of college football if we can play well well the very first time we talked to you after you got the southern miss job i, I kind of asked you about offensive philosophy and you uh, i remember vividly said our offense revolves around the play of quarterbacks and you had had really good quarterback play in in all of your places yeah you've been bitten by the injury bug and it just hasn't settled in for the first couple of years do you feel good about your quarterback room going into uh, into the start of camp this year i really do you know, we've you know, we've got a young man that played a lot as a freshman last year that's coming back, Zach Wilkie, so he's got some experience. We signed two really highly recruited freshmen that are already here. We've got two other young men on scholarship, Jake Langs, one that's played some minutes. But then, you know, we brought in two transfers that were here for spring ball, two highly recruited young men. Uh, I'm going to say their name in alphabetical order, Holman Edwards and Billy <laughs> Wiles. Holman is from <laughs> – you like that? Holman is from French Camp, Mississippi. He uh, went to the University of Houston, has been their backup for the last few years for Clayton Toon, who's an NFL quarterback. And then Billy Wiles from the Clemson transferred in here. Uh, Billy was committed to me at Tulane. And uh, then when, when I left and came here, he ended up going to Clemson. And so they were both highly recruited kids out of high school uh, or junior college. And then as transfers, we had to beat a lot of people for them. They're older kids. Uh, they were really accurate, really tough in spring, and, and their teammates took to them. And we're going to go into fall camp with those two kind of in the lead to be the starters. We'll give the other kids a chance to compete as well. Zach Wilkie, like I said, has gotten a lot better too. Uh, but and he should. He was a young guy that had to play before he was ready and did some good things. But I think we got a lot of talent in the room now, and I think whoever wins that job is going to be a bona fide, you know, Division One quarterback. So, so tell me what a quarterback competition looks like for you through your eyes in camp. We we hear coaches talk about, oh, we're going to go compete, and we're going to see who wins, and you know maybe they've got to win the team over or whatever. But in terms of you working through this process to make a decision on who is going to be the starter, what what are you looking for? Yeah. So number one, who can function. Uh, in a way that it's coached to function. So who can make the plays that are there because of a good play call? 
You know, if we make a good play, who's going to have their eyes in the right spot, make the right decision, and then execute the play? You got to be accurate. You got to make the throw, and you got to do what's supposed to do. That's number one. After that, who can make plays when the play breaks down? If the play doesn't work exactly like it was supposed to on the grease board or how it was called, who can then still make a play in a positive direction for us? That's the two things we communicated to the young men going into fall camp. You know, take what's given execute the play call in the manner that we coach you to do it. And then if the play breaks down, who can make some off-script plays, if you will, and that's what we'll be looking for. And we think, you know, these two young men, because they got here in spring ball, they've really won their teammates over. They're both extremely hard workers. They've got that quarterback DNA to them. They're servant leaders. They impact people in a positive way around them. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch this fall camp. Visiting with Will Hall, head football coach at Southern Miss. I don't think you can do the job that you're doing, head football coach at the Division One level, if you don't love the game. And I also don't think you can do it successfully if you're not willing to evolve and grow. I'm curious if there's a level of joy that you find when you're able to find a quiet moment and study offense and, and try to figure things out that will work against the defense. And how much are you able to do that? Yeah, you know, that's my life. You know, I don't have any other hobbies. I I try to be a great husband and a great father first and foremost, and then I and then I put everything I have into this program and our players. So my wife would tell you, if I'm at home sitting next to her in my chair, I've got my iPad in my lap and I I, I like to watch two things at once. I'm I'm studying the Kansas City Chiefs on my iPad and she's got um uh, Sweet Magnolia's on, or whatever she's watching at the time, you know. And I'm, uh, I'm keeping up with with her show enough to where I can be engaged with her. But I don't, I don't turn off football much, you know, you know or what I can do that, to, to constantly improve our team. You, you, you know, she's smarter than that. You're not pulling anything over on her. <laughs> well, she's a team player as well. She understands what's at stake. <laughs> you know, she she lived at Southwest Baptist in Arkansas, Monticello too. So she's certainly proud to be in Hattiesburg. Wants to make sure we win. <laughs> well played. Well, well played. Um, you know, you look at Frank Gore Jr. and you go, well, he's not the biggest. And I don't know if he's the fastest among all running backs, but, man, there is an it factor that is there with him. What makes Frank Gore Jr. the back that he is? Yeah, so I think the two the two biggest traits he has is, number one, an unbelievable ability to make the first guy miss. If he's in a true one-on-one situation, he's going to win that almost every time. And then number two, he's almost like a coach's kid from the way he grew up. His football IQ is out of the roof. I mean, it's off the charts with his level of knowledge for this game and understanding how things are supposed to work. And uh, But the thing I'm most proud of him is, is he has really embraced being Frank Gore. You know, he and I talk all the time about, you know, to whom much is given, much is required, and everybody wants to be blessed, but not everybody wants the responsibilities that come with being blessed. And he has really embraced the blessings he's been given. He understands that his reach can touch more people than the average person. And he wakes up every day and really, really impacts people in a positive way. His smile is infectious. He's become a guy that's constantly, you know, pulling people to the standard, not stomping on them. And uh, I'm just proud of the man he's become. You know, in terms of, of wins and losses, I, I don't know what the number is in your head that would make you, when you get to the end of the year, go, you know what, 
we really, really had a good season. But with that said, whatever that, and I don't need you to say that number, whatever that number is, let's play fill in the blank. Fill in the blank yeah, so happened for, if we got <laughs> to that number. For me, it's about continual growth. Uh, we, we haven't arrived that. You guys know that. Uh, but we've, we've come a long way. And we said when we got here we wanted to be the best group of five football program in America. We said Southern Miss has been that before. We feel like we have all the resources to be that again. We think the way we've recruited and the way we've built this place, we've built it to last. And we think we're on our way to doing that. So, you know, when I got here, I said I wanted to get back to playing 12 games that mattered again. We felt like we did that last year, got to a bowl game and won it. So now, you know, we want to be going down the stretch in the mix for the Sun Belt West, and that's a really hard thing to do. You know, this this league is without a doubt the, the best group of five league in America uh, in football and baseball, to be frank. But, mm-hmm. you know, so for us, it's going down the stretch with a chance to do that. And uh, that's I think that's the next step for us, and just to continue to grow. and put, we, When we finish this year, we want to look back and say, you know what, we took another step forward. Now, hopefully we take a humongous step forward. We would all love that. But at the end, we've got to keep pushing this place forward in every facet to get us back to being what we want to be. You mentioned the schedule, and, and we'll finish here. You, you got that week two trip to, uh, to Florida State. You, you get Tulane. I don't know if you heard or not. You guys beat Tulane last year, but they were also a pretty good football team. <laughs> Uh, you got the trip to Starkville, and, and those are non-conference games. We're, we're talking about outside the conference after, obviously, opening up with Alcorn State. When, when you look at this schedule, I mean, yes, it's difficult, but is it one that excites you? It does. You know, people that know me know I'm a, I'm a glass-half-full guy, and I think with every challenge that comes your way in life, a, a humongous opportunity is presented as well. And, and this schedule, obviously, is humongous opportunity after humongous opportunity for us. You know, Southern Miss is a brand that's been built through time on the on, on the national landscape of college football as a, a group of five team that has to be reckoned with year in, year out. We've pushed it back to where we're on the verge of being back in that conversation. This schedule could help us really jump forward, and uh, we're, we're excited. It is challenging. It is. It's, it's not easy in any way, shape, or form. It's been rated the toughest in the country by a lot of people for group of five. But we embrace it, and like I said, we think we've got a roster now where we can roll it out there and play. So uh, we're, we're excited about that. Will, can't thank you enough for your time today. We wish you success, but more than anything, we wish you health going through camp and into the start of this season. Thanks so much. I appreciate that, guys. Like I tell everybody, man, if you're not a Southern Miss fan but you live in Mississippi, we're not playing your team. Root for us because we're doing it the right way, and we're doing it with people from Mississippi and you'll be proud of how we're doing it. So I appreciate y'all having me. Always good to catch up. We'll talk to you soon. That's Will Hall, head football coach at Southern Miss. They start camp tomorrow, season opener September 2nd, at home against Alcorn State. We'll be right back. To the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi. So maybe not a ton of experience in a Southern Miss jersey, but some experience, Will Hall thinks, at the quarterback position with Holman Edwards and Billy Wiles. 
leading the race for the starting quarterback job. Zach Wilkie, who played a bunch a year ago as a uh, true freshman in the mix as well. Obviously, Frank Gore Jr. leading that offense. We really didn't even get into the defensive side, but uh, it's a pretty good group on uh, on that side of the ball, and a big part of the reason that Southern Miss was a, a bowl team last year and won that bowl game against Rice in the Lending Tree Bowl to finish the year above 500 at 7-6. and six. I thought Will Hall was slightly less caffeinated than sometimes when we visit with him, uh, but also maybe maybe saving himself just a touch. Calm before the storm with camp starting tomorrow for uh, for Southern Miss there in Hattiesburg. Well, I will tell you that when I when I spoke to the people at USM today, getting this 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 put together, uh, their first meeting is at four. The first team meeting is today at four, so he had to save some juice for that. My guess is so we didn't get the full, the full Will Hall experience. He just sounds like success. You ever listen to somebody and think that guy's he's going to be successful? Like that, that's when when Will Hall yeah. talks. You're like that guy's he's good at what whatever he does. He's he knows good what he's at doing. like yeah. I, I would love to know next time we get to talk to him or, or any coach really, because he said he on his iPad has been watching the Chiefs lately, which. I mean, an Andy Reid offense is uh, probably a really good one to learn from. I would love to know how much they "quote unquote" steal from from other coaches and schemes and stuff like that. When you're watching the Chiefs, how much of that have you taken and and implemented in your offense? Like, how much do you steal from an Andy Reid or a Sean Payton? Or somebody like that. When you watch these NFL teams, how much of your offense is influenced by that? I would love to know, you know, what they accomplish mm-hmm. when they watch that. I, I told him his wife was she she knew what he was doing when when he was multitasking. <laughs> I loved his response. She's a team player. Yeah, she's in this to win it. She remembers what it was like living the way we lived in some of those previous stops. Uh, she is quite happy to be where we are uh, right now. They, um, you know, progress, right? Three wins in the first year, but two of those three wins came in the final two games of the regular season to build a little momentum going into the off season. Year two, they get to six and six, get to a bowl game, win the bowl game, so they finish above five hundred. Yeah, Will Hall said at the end of the season he would like to look back and see that they took another step as a program. Would be thrilled with a giant leap, but looking for another step. What would that step look like for, for you guys? To be in contention for a division title, which I think they can be. You know, when I think about a new coach taking over a, a, a losing program, which is what USM was when when Will Hall arrived, you know, there's all, I feel like it's always a three year schedule, right? Year one, we're going to compete, we're going to fight hard, but the results might not be there yet. Year two, we're going to start to get some results, right? You're going to start to see the fruits of our labor. Year three is the year we're okay. Now we have a chance to to compete and 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 play with the teams in our conference. That's where I think USM is, and if they get good quarterback play. They're going to they're going to be right there in the, in the Sun Belt race. Yeah, and, and I mean, two years ago, you'd have thought that they were getting the easier of the two divisions, uh, with Appalachian State and Coastal being in the other. But they the two, uh, I mean, you could argue going into the season, unless I'm missing one, two of the best Group of Five 
teams in terms of last year's results and expectations going into 2023 are in their division with South Al and, and Troy. I don't think there's any debating that. I mean, I, I, off the top and, of my head, I mean, Coastal Carolina is going to be good with McCall again, but I, that's it, I think. Yeah, but, but and that's also the reason that Southern Miss is fourth or tied for third or tied for fourth, however you want to describe it, with, with Louisiana. Right? I mean, as we sit here right now, Troy is ahead of Southern Miss as a program. South Alabama is ahead of Southern Miss as a program. But it's not like an insurmountable mm-hmm. deficit. And, and the biggest way for Southern Miss to make up ground will be with on-field results. Um, you know, I don't know if this is the best analogy or not, but it feels like there's a little bit of tortoise in the hair in, in the way that Southern Miss is going about things, the way that Will Hall is kind of building this. And, and, and in that example, Southern Miss is the hair where it's just kind of steady, keep plotting, keep going, make a little progress, don't slow down, just steady as she goes. But I don't know that in that example there is a hair rabbit option for Southern Miss. Hmm. Like, there's not some massive infusion of cash or massive infusion via NIL or immediate access to four- and five-star players that can completely flip your roster or the ability to be too deep at every single position uh, on the roster and feel great about special t- that like There's no quick fix. There's no silver bullet for Southern Miss. It's going to be a slow and steady thing where, okay, maybe last year was moving past three and nine and putting – Three and nine and three and nine type seasons in the rearview mirror, knowing that six and six is not ultimately where you want to be. But if we're going to get to eight and four or nine and three, we got to make a pit stop at six and six on the way from three and nine to nine and three. And in the health of the most important position on the field last year, probably limited them from, uh, I mean, a couple more wins. You know, it, uh, when when you're dealing and had to deal with the injury luck at quarterback that they've dealt with the last two years, that was totally fine as a result. But step forward needs to come too. It, the schedule is so brutal, though. I, I mean, they could be a better team and, and not have a record that's much different. I mean, because they did beat Tulane last year. That is true. But Tulane's yeah. very good. South Allen Troy, very good. You got to go to Boone. And in Florida State, who I think is a fringe playoff team, and then an SEC team on your schedule. I mean, it is as tough of a G5 schedule as you can have, man. I mean, it is. I I need to do a deep dive onto the the schedule strengths because they're almost always SEC or Big Ten teams. I mean, Colorado's got a really tough schedule because they play eleven Power Five games. But among the G5 peers, I would be willing to bet that Southern Miss is at the top, if not very close to it in terms of difficulty in schedule. You get the projected winner of the ACC, the projected winner of the American, and a projected bowl team from the SEC. And then you get Alcorn State. It's tough. 
which obviously from the SWAC is a game that you expect to win, but there's a lot of drama that goes around a game like that. And I don't mean drama in a bad way. I mean just build up and excitement. And a lot of Alcorn State fans that will show up for that and will look forward to that game because it's an in-state game against a Division One opponent. That's a hard non-conference schedule that, that Southern Miss is playing. I was listening to, um, oh, who was it? Maybe Jacob Hester and Cole Kublik yesterday. And, and I think Cole was, this was on a replay of, of something last night. And Cole was talking about a conversation that he had had with Terry Bowden a long time ago when Terry Bowden was at Akron. And he said, look, in terms of building our schedule, we schedule two teams to pay the bills and one team that we think we can win or one team that we think we can beat. I mean, when you think about a place like Akron and the reliance there is on buy games, money games, not just for football revenue, but for revenue for the entire athletics department. I don't, I don't know that that's exactly the case with Southern Miss because, you know, maybe with the Florida State game, maybe there's a pretty significant paycheck there. But if I remember correctly, hey, Dad, the, the Mississippi State deal was part of a, a larger framework deal that, that brought Mississippi State to Hattiesburg, but Southern Miss had to go to Starkville a couple of times, and, and it reduced the, the payout. So there wasn't some, yeah. like, big, you know, we're writing you a check for a million and a half dollars to come to Starkville. It was, you know, travel right. expenses and a little bit of money comes in, but we'll come to your place for one out of three games. Right. This is the... This is the... Second of a two for one, and then there's a one for one down the pipe with them. Yeah, um, and then the other piece of, I mean, Tulane's not—they're not paying Southern Miss a bunch of money. I mean, Tulane was in Hattiesburg last year. Yeah, right. That's just probably just a home and home. No, no, it was vice versa. I'm sorry. Southern Miss was in New Orleans last year, and Tulane comes to Hattiesburg this year. You know what Southern Miss needs? You, you know what Southern Miss needs out of that? A win. A sellout a crowd. crowd. They need a big crowd at the Rock. Because to make a game like that pay off, you need to you need to pay it off with concession receipts and tickets sold and people in, and then you also capitalize with some momentum and, and you hope those people come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Uh, Will Hall joined us one segment ago on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. I want to try to understand what George Klyovkov presented to the athletics directors in the Pac-12 earlier today, if the reporting from Pete Thamel and others is correct. All right, so for the last, what, eight to ten years, people have been making jokes about not being able to watch Pac-12 networks 
And no, that is not like calling it Kroger's or Walmart's. It's actually, if you call it the Pac-12 Network, you are incorrect. They branded themselves as Pac-12 Networks from the very beginning, which was odd. But the joke was, oh, okay, it's, oh, it's on the Pac-12 Networks. Where's that? I, I, I don't get that. Can't even find it. Don't know how to get it. And, and so... Love to have a network of nothing. The, the Pac-12 had distribution and subscription issues, right? They, they couldn't get a deal done with DirecTV. I think they were on Uverse, maybe on Spectrum. They were on some cable outlets, but they did not have widespread distribution. So, one, it was not readily available in the same way the SEC network, for example, or the Big Ten network was easily and readily available to anybody that wanted to watch it and was willing to pay for it. And number two, if there was a place where it was available, but you were already getting your television through some other entity, you didn't necessarily stop what you were doing to go subscribe so that you could watch Pac-12 networks. The content wasn't compelling enough for some who were even Pac-12 fans to drive them to that. So, fast forward to August 1st, 2023. George Klyovkov comes in and he presents a deal to the athletics directors of the league where the initial money from this new venture is probably going to be a little less than the Big 12. But there is an opportunity to go past the Big 12 in terms of revenue generated for all of the schools. Well, how do you get how, how do you take advantage of that opportunity? Well, first of all, we're going to place this on a distribution platform that is not readily available. And we're going to ask people to subscribe. Okay, what were the problems with the previous iteration of Pac-12 Networks? It wasn't really readily available, and people were not driven to subscribe. Why is this going to be different? If you're an AD sitting there, you go, we've done this already. We've done it. If we're going to go down the road of streaming as the pri- and by the way, Pete Thamel reports that the biggest games were streaming. Like like Apple and its streaming platform would have the majority of the content. It's a, it's a bad and idea. then they would sublicense some stuff to ESPN and Fox or, or whomever else wanted to take it. So if I'm, I, I don't know, name, name an athletics director in the, the pack. If I'm Rob Mullins at Oregon, I'm going, hold on a second. Hold on. If we're going to go the route of streaming, then the money better be really compelling. It's not. It's not. No. It's, we're banking on consumers being willing to stream all of our games and pay extra for that. we got nine teams right now. Probably headed toward eight. Maybe six. 
And oh, by the way, what happens if we lose more teams? Do we, does that mean we get less revenue? Is there less subscribers coming in? Well, hey, San Diego State will definitely. Well, they move the needle. It's a disaster, man. The, the the streaming thing, it was really hot for a while. But but what I've learned through all of this is it, it's it's apples to oranges because there is so much more give a you know what in this region of the country about college football, and the passion for the individual schools is greater than on the West Coast. There's no doubt about it. But what makes SEC and Big Ten football, throw them in there, they rate well, the the driver of their viewership is the casual observer. When 12 million people watch LSU-Alabama, it's not 12 million LSU and Alabama fans. It's people that live around the area that watch the game because everybody else cares to, and it's easy to find. You don't have that same passion there, and then making it harder to find? You can find the LSU-Alabama game, I guarantee it. If you have any cable package, you can find it. It's I promise you, you got it. You can't say the same thing about the Oregon-Washington game, which is now your marquee game. The casuals won't Tune you in. They'll just check out Alabama LSU instead. I mean, if if Southern Cal's playing Oregon, I'm probably going to subscribe. And if there's a great snow game, I'm probably going to sub- subscribe. Other than that, I don't know that I'm going to pull the trigger. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. We're about to put Brian Haydad on the hot seat. Sports Talk Mississippi, coming to you from the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort, home of Geyser Falls Water Park, geyserfalls.com. Great place to cool off with plenty of hot days left in this summer. You can uh, check out all the information online at geyserfalls.com or at pearlriverresort.com. Ceasefire text line is open to you. Introducing the new Connect and Protect plan from Ceasefire. The phone your kids want. With easy-to-use parental controls for you, just $30 a month with auto pay, Connect and Protect gives you tools to easily track your kids' location, restrict content, limit screen time, and help protect them online. Plus, right now you can get an iPhone 12 for less than $11 a month or get a free TCL Stylus 5G. No trade-in needed. Learn more at cspire.com. Cspire, customer-inspired. Brian Haydad, Jimbo Fisher, handshake meme? Oh, yeah. Something like that. So, what are we going to talk about? Let's go. Here we go. Here we go. Talk about something. Let's go. Yesterday, Michael Borky Haydad beautifully laid out this big scenario based on a tweet from Mississippi State about season tickets uh-huh. being on the rise. And we talked in great detail about why there was so much excitement surrounding this particular Mississippi State football team. And then Borky went back and looked well, at the tweet we, again and he realized that. I corrected it earlier than that. Well, Whatever. I, I, it was like three minutes after the conversation began that the correction happened. And he, and he was like, 
Well, actually, it doesn't say most season tickets sold since 2015. It says most new season tickets sold since 2015. Playing around with the fonts, whatever. Yeah, there was a font thing. They they were trying to make it look like it said something slightly different than it actually said. That's okay. Regardless, gotcha. there appears to be a significant amount of excitement that is building mm-hmm. toward the start of this new 2023 football season. Mississippi State fans... We're frustrated, but not necessarily surprised about where the Bulldogs were picked in the um, you know the media order of finishing, where most people, kind of from a national standpoint, have have Mississippi State, and have you know been very quick to point out that you know here we go another year same stuff. We'll finish better than we're picked, and that is probably true. So what do you think is it that it that is sparking the excitement this particular year? Well, I think first and foremost, it's the schedule itself. It's an eight home game schedule. That's very rare that you're going to get eight home games. It's the year on the conference where you have Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss all at home. You also have uh, Southern Miss at home, which that's a, that's a game that Mississippi State fans you know, historically want to see and, and want to play. So that's I think that's the first thing you have to consider is it's not so much excitement about maybe this particular team as it is this particular schedule. Um, but as far as this team goes, I feel like Arnett has done a good job of tapping into sort of sort of the same thing that Mullen did about being a Mississippi State fan that he that he sort of fits that mold. And I think people want to see him succeed, especially following you know what happened in December. And the way he got this job, I think people are they're pulling for him because you know they know he was put into a horrible no win situation, and now he's he's got a, I think I think he's got a lot of support with that. Um, I think people think this team's going to be pretty good. I think Mississippi State fans, by and large, what you said is true that you know they see the preseason projections and they just they write them off at this point. They're like, no, oh, that's what they predicted us Mississippi State to be last year and the year before, and they were better than that. So it'll be the same thing this year as well. Um, you know, you got a, a team with a ton of seniors. You got a, in the transfer portal era where you can't really, you know, keep up with your players sometimes. Rogers, Watson, Johnson, Crumity, Marks, Tulu. These are, I mean, I know Tulu went into the portal, but he's still at state. These are, these are players Mississippi State fans know. And so they, they, they've rallied around them a little bit. So they're, yeah. they're, that's, that's probably another factor. But if you ask me the overriding factor, I think it's the schedule itself. It's an, I mean, the eight home games with four games against, I, I wouldn't say rivals for LSU and, and, uh, and Alabama, but four historical, you know, series. And, you know, also nothing else to consider. State LSU and Alabama coming to Starkville. When's the next time that's going to happen? Don't know. It's a good point. You, you said something in there that, that sparked a question for me, and this is a genuine question. This is not a, I don't know, I'll just ask it. Sure. There's no way you're going to be able to ask this question, as genuine as I'm sure it is, without people saying, oh, there goes Richard again. So just ask the question. Did Mississippi State fans embrace Mike Leach more after his passing than they ever did while he was actually the head coach? That's a very good question, and there's something to that. Because, I mean, I'll just go ahead and tell you, we, we were having these discussions on this show that if the State had lost the Egg Bowl, 
That was going to be a hot seat for Mike Leach in 2024, I thought, or 2023, I thought. There was going to be a lot of, all right, we've you know, lost three straight to Ole Miss. This program isn't really, doesn't seem like it's going, you know, where's this offense that we were promised kind of thing. And then when he passed away, you know, obviously the legend of Mike Leach became greater than the tenure of Mike Leach at Mississippi State is how maybe you would see it that way. So that's, that's a very, it's, that's a tough question to ask, you know, because you don't want to say, well, yeah. But there's something to it for sure. I just when you said that Zach Arnett kind of feels like one of us in the way that, mm-hmm. which is crazy, right? Because Dan Mullen <laughs> never really felt like a Mississippi State guy, and yet Mississippi right. State fans embraced the heck out of him because he embraced. Ole Miss is the school up north and taking shots at them anytime he could and, and whatever Absolutely. else. And yeah. therefore kind of became one. And, and it, Zach Arnett and then won games. really done that. And then he won games too. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and Mike could, Leach never did saying that. all the things he said. Yeah. Saying all the things that Dan Mullen said, if he, if he hadn't backed it up by, you know, winning those first three games against Ole Miss and going to a couple bowl games, I mean, who cares what he said at that point? Arnett hasn't said anything like that, but nobody's put a microphone to his face really and asked. I mean, we had him at media days. We didn't really ask him about the Egg Bowl. We've had him on the show and haven't really asked him about the Egg Bowl. So, you know, nobody, maybe nobody's given him that opportunity. We get some messages on the uh, ceasefire text line. This one says the coach was greater than the results while he was here. Okay. True. Um, the results are, are kind of in line with his average season over his career. Well, and, and the, 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 the offense was frustrating to watch, but the the trajectory was right on what you should have expected from Mike Leach when you hired him. I think that's the issue, though, is that, and I've said this before, that if State were as was losing games forty five forty two, I don't think the frustration would have been as great. Yeah. I mean, like, well, Leach is doing what he does, and got to figure out this defense. Whereas, you know, when you lose games where you can't score, like the Kentucky game this past year. That people are like, what? What is Mike Leach doing? He's supposed to be this offensive guru. Will and Eupora says he agrees one hundred percent. This one is, is interesting. Yes, Richard, it was the case. At least for me personally, I didn't realize what we had until his passing. Um, Chase in Columbus hadn't heard from Chase in a while. Good to have him back in the uh, in the mix. Took a little bit of a break during the summer, at least part of the time. Um, He's a football guy. He is a football guy. So in response to the initial question about the excitement leading into this season, he says, one, some of us feel like not seeing 58 pass attempts against a three-man rush that we can't block might be refreshing. And two, it feels like Arnett will always have us playing a fun brand of physical football. And then he also goes on to say about the, the question about Mike Leach, that the reverie he received, earned and deserved posthumously, did not match people's feelings as of the week after the Kentucky game. Hmm. That, that, that's that's true. Zach Arnett is embraced because he dealt with the loss with the rest of us. That's a good point. That, you know, if you're a Mississippi State fan, Zach Arnett lost something too. And so you just kind of bonded with him there, whether you know him or not. Yeah. Yeah. Borky, you had an air condition issue. Which yeah, is to we're say you good. didn't have any. Back and rolling? Yeah, got uh 
He finished about nine last night, and it took about three hours to bring the house temperature down from 90 to 70, which is what I said it at last night. But man, it was so nice. Just I sat on the floor because it was still too hot for the couch at first. <laughs> just, just feeling. <laughs> I've been there, man. Yeah. Just feeling the air come down after four days of of not having any was special. And like you could see the dogs, just they they started calming down a little bit more every thirty minutes or so. They were starting to realize, okay, you know, it's normalcy. I slept better last night than I've slept in months. So good yeah, we're you. back. Yeah. Good, 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 good for you. I, I feel like you actually showed a little bit of restraint by only setting the thermostat at seventy. I, I thought about going much lower, but I didn't. Like, I didn't want to just destroy my brand new outside unit. So Let, let's check out the new air conditioning unit and see if we can get this to a point where we can hang meat inside. <laughs> Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Let's go to the junction in the grove and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. C Spire text line is open to you at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge. Gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business. Learn more at cspire.com slash business. thought this was good as well uh, with regard to Zach Arnett. Arnett is an underdog, and state fans pull for underdogs, especially ones that you feel like want to fight for your team. I can buy into that. Yeah. I buy that. Yeah, if you spell it with a W under dog, that's the only way that works. Cheering for an underdog only lasts as long as the underdog wins. Yeah. I mean, just just true. An underdog that never wins is, is, is a loser. That's that's how you have to look at that. <laughs> that is that is how you classify that. that, that. That's the thing about SEC yeah. football coaches. Like on one hand, I, I cannot stand hearing ten million dollar coaches complaining about the players making a little cash. Uh, that that just does not land with me at all. I, I don't sympathize with them at all. But on the flip side, how quickly everybody turns on their coaches. So I, I don't blame them for being mercenaries. Like I, I don't blame Lane Kiffin for getting what he can because what what happens if he rolls out a six and six this year and God forbid they go five and seven a year after that? All the capital that he had built up with his fan base is gone, and they're going to want to run him completely out of town, and the hot yoga place is going to close down just to spite him. Uh, I mean, it, it, it turns just like that. Let Alabama go 8-4 and four this year. J- just one time. Let them go 8-4 and four this year, and what will the fan reaction be? Get him out. He's done. He's lost it. He's done. Get him out. Need new blood right now. That is Nick Saban, who has resurrected the town of Tuscaloosa with his presence there. And if he goes 8-4 and four one time, get him out. 
Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort studio. It is time for us to continue the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. This day is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This day is bananas. 100 teams in 100 days. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Team number 33 on the countdown from the Pac-12, at least for one more year, the Colorado Buffaloes. If you're thinking, that's George's fight song. You're right. It's also Colorado's. Georgia uses it. Auburn uses it. If you're thinking that's the, you know, glory, glory, hallelujah, you're also right. But, you know. You change the series. You think it's booster, booster, be a booster from Vacation Bible School. You are also correct. All of those answers are correct. So, I got something that's really interesting about Colorado. They had eight players they hired who had Sanders. rushes a year ago. Only two of them are on the roster this season. Anthony Hankerson, who carried it. 68 times for 274 yards, and Charlie so Offerdahl, who carried it 37 times for 150 yards, and those two guys combined for three touchdowns. Of the four quarterbacks who threw a pass last season, not one on the roster. And of the six top receivers from last season, not one on the roster. And of the top 15, 18 tacklers from a season ago, only two are on the roster this year. Now, that shouldn't be surprising given the roster overhaul that Colorado went through in the offseason. They were 1-11 and 11 last year. They finished tied for 11th in the Pac-12 with a 1-8 conference record. Yes, that is dead last. The only win came against Cal in overtime where they were a 15-point underdog, 20-13. to 13. So, so many directions you could go. Let's start with Shadur Sanders. We know how good he was at Jackson State. What do you expect from Shadur Sanders at quarterback for Colorado this year? Because that is a roster that is not ready to compete. It's just not. Yeah. And I don't I don't know that he's I felt like he's kind of has like that Alabama thing going, like he was just surrounded by elite talent at Jackson State because they had brought in all these guys. Elite he, talent he the big benefit that was for the far FCS more level. talented than the opponent. Right. And now you don't have that anymore. And so I don't think Shadur Sanders is the kind of quarterback who's going to, you know, better the guys around him. I think he's a guy who benefited from having good guys around him. So I could see a big step back for Shadur. But the good news is he's a good athlete. He can make some things happen with his feet. He's a good good thrower, so when he has open receivers, he's going to find them. So he could be successful, but I wouldn't expect huge numbers. If I ask you to name the last quarterback that played at the University of Colorado that was drafted, could you name him? If I told you it happened in 1997? Yeah, five-year-old me Cordell definitely Stewart? remembers that. Is it Cordell Stewart? No, he was, he was a little before that. So it was after Cordell Stewart. I don't remember after Cordell Stewart. 
Coy Detmer. That's the name. Oh, my gosh. Wow. His son is a uh, analyst at State right now. Coy Detmer's son? Coy Detmer Jr. is an analyst here, yeah. Wow. Um, what about the schedule? We've talked some about this. They open at TCU. It's brutal. It's tough. On the road against tough. TCU to start things out. And then in week two, they host Nebraska. That game is sold out at Folsom Field, by the way, on September 9th. I saw a headline that compared Matt Rule to last year's Brian Kelly. That there is an expectation in Lincoln that that they're ready to compete immediately. Oh. Well, we'll see how that goes for him. Okay. I love the optimism. feel like he's got a chance to get a big win in week two on the road. Yeah. Matt Rule. Um, week three, rivalry game. They play Colorado State. Interestingly enough, they did not play Colorado State uh, in each of the last three seasons. 2020 was shortened by COVID. They did not play them in 21 or in 22. So the Rocky Mountain Showdown is back. I don't know. Maybe there's a chance to get a win against Colorado State in week three. Week four. Yeah. Definitely. At Oregon. Week five. Not so much. They host Southern Cal. That is a loss. Then they go to Arizona State. Yeah, maybe. Probably. Probably a loss. I had to guess. Stanford on a Friday night at home on October 13th, and then finally an open date. Before Roach. <laughs> Beg your pardon? Excuse me. Winnable, the Stanford game. Winnable. It is. It is. Did open you think date, I meant they... the open date was winnable? Yeah. Uh, they go to UCLA. They host Oregon State. Pretty good Oregon State team. They host Arizona. They go to Washington State on Friday, November 17th, and then they finish at Utah. That is brutal. A brutal yeah. schedule for a Pac-12 team. I mean, they're kind of doing good if they get to three. Yeah. He, he did on paper, talent-wise. I mean, you've got Alabama transfers on the roster. You've got the last, the, the two most recent number one defensive backs in the country, both on that team. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got experience running back. And his coaching staff, you know, for all the stuff, the coaching staff is really good. My my question is, what happens if it doesn't go well right away? Because it, it went well from the jump at Jackson State. A little bit different, but it, he was getting recruits right away, and they won right away. What happens if they don't do that at Colorado? Is he going to flip a roster again completely? Is he going to be able to sign former five stars out of the transfer portal or just the five stars in recruiting like he's done the last couple of years? Is that going to sustain if they do roll out a four-win season? Listen to this projected offensive first group. Shadur Sanders at Jackson State last year. Alton McCaskill, Houston last year. Jimmy Horn Jr. from UCF, uh, USF. Travis Hunter from Jackson State. Xavier Weaver from USF. Louis Passarello, who I guess was at Colorado. 
Van Wells was at Colorado. Jack Bailey from Kent State. Tyler Brown from Jackson State last year. Savion Washington from Kent State. Gerard Christian Lichtenhahn. And then Alejandro Mata, who was at Jackson State last year. And if you go into the, the two deep, you got about as many transfers for there as well. Yeah. Colorado, team number 33 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Hey, guys. What happened? What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Let's go back to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. David Cobb joins us from CBS Sports and CBSSports.com. Good as always to have David on the show. What's up, my man? We, uh, we turned the calendar to August, which means football is close. Yeah, it's a good feeling, isn't it? A lot of realignment talk uh, detracting from the fact that, hey, uh, pads are going to be popping here in just a week or so around the country. Uh, all the media days going on, and then week zero, shoot. I mean, it's it's honestly just kind of around the corner. Not that there's really anything to look forward to in week zero, but it's actual football being played on the field. So, nice. It's a good feeling when you flip that calendar to August because you can really start to smell it a little bit. What do you mean nothing to look forward to? We've got Hawaii <laughs> making a trip to Music City to take on the Vanderbilt Commodores in week zero, David Cox. Yeah, yeah, well, actually, so I'm out here on the West Coast. Y'all know I travel a lot uh, for my wife's job. And so um, I'm, I'm going to go to USC San Jose State week, uh, week zero. So I'm actually pretty excited about that. Going to check out the, uh, the Coliseum um, and not have to worry about missing other games, too. That's the beauty of it. It's well, you can go week zero. It's not like you're, you're missing anything. Um, I'll, I'll catch the fourth quarter of Vanderbilt and Hawaii in the press box and then just settle in a nice night of football. That'll be good. That's uh, be a cool experience for you, certainly, to uh, to open the football season. You alluded to realignment a second ago. We were talking about this in the, the first hour of the show, David, and I feel like, based on the reporting that we've gotten out of that, that meeting today with um, – uh, the Pac-12 brass and the the athletics directors—they're asking the ads to sign off on a deal that already hasn't worked, right? I mean, when when you think back to the launch of Pac-12 networks, distribution was an issue, so people finding the games, and then people being willing to subscribe to a different service than they currently had to be able to get the games. And now we're talking about perhaps Apple TV is the primary carrier of the Pac-12 where people are going to have to find it and they're going to have to subscribe to it, and it feels like it already hasn't worked. Why are they doing this? Because there's no better alternative. Think about the uh, linear networks. ESPN is is in bed with the SEC and the ACC. That's filling up most of their TV slots. And then, of course, uh, the the network, uh, the traditional network, CBS, NBC, Fox, they are uh, in cahoots with, the Big 12 and the Big 10, and, and there's just not enough space left over the traditional airwaves for the Pac-12 to have a package that's worth anything. And for the sake of their exposure, they need to be on linear TV. Uh, they need to have 
uh, eyeballs from the central and eastern time zones on their games. And that I don't think is something that the networks can really provide right now because of the contracts they've made with the other conferences. And so from a financial perspective, uh, a, a streaming deal is, is probably the best they can come up with. And uh, we'll find out over the, the coming hours and, and, and days, but I just I, I doubt that uh, some of these Pac-12 schools who are considering a jump are going to be fully satisfied with going streaming only because in that sense you, you become an, ex- an obscure uh, niche product um, that is not uh, really in any way a, a national brand like we would think of uh, a power conference being. David, how different would these negotiations and these conversations be if Southern Cal and UCLA were going to be part of the Pac-12 moving forward? Oh, it would be tremendously different. And you, I think you would see an appetite from the linear networks to carve out some space uh, to maybe relegate a third-tier uh, Big 12 or Big 10 game uh, in order to make room for, for a primetime uh, USC game, right? And I think the, the departure of Colorado is a, is a blow as well, not because of anything they've done on the field, but because of Deion Sanders. He is going to be a ratings draw, and maybe those ratings drop off for Colorado if come November they're 2-7, they're and seven. Uh, but at least in the early going, and then again next season, uh, he's going to be a draw, and he'll, he'll probably remain a draw for as long as he stays the coach there. So they wanted to play off losing Pac-12 as something that might help them upgrade, right? But if you think about it from a TV ratings and interest standpoint, I think Colorado was arguably arguably their their third best brand behind USC and UCLA. So uh, losing the Buffs. Uh, because of who their coach is, I think really hurt them as these negotiations came to a close as well. We know that the Deion Sanders has had foot issues, and there have been surgeries, and he's had toes amputated. Do you buy into any of the conspiracy that there was more to him not going to Pac-12 Media Day than no, just he had surgery? No, I really don't. I mean, I actually think this era is tailor-made for, for Deion Sanders. I think if you drop Deion Sanders into the college football landscape of 10 to 15 years ago, He's already facing NCAA violations, uh, and it's headed towards an early crash and burn. Uh, but the reality is uh, the NCAA has no real enforcement capability at this point in time, and so many of the things that would previously have gotten an inexperienced college coach in trouble are now legal. He can flip that roster legally. He can go out and essentially poach from, from other schools um, within the parameters of, of the rules as we know them now, and he can uh, essentially fundraise to pay the players. So, uh, no, I really do think it's a health issue uh, for him. Uh, it would have to have been something other other than that. I mean, it would have had to have been something earth-shattering for him to avoid a chance to promote his program in the spotlight like, like Media Day brings. So, no, I think I think Dion is, is going to be okay. I think we'll, we'll see him back, uh, and I think he's going to be a monster uh, attraction in this college football season. Visiting with David Cobb from CBS Sports. Uh, we obviously talk a ton about Mississippi State, a ton about Ole Miss. Mississippi State, once again, picked uh, at or near the bottom of the SEC Western Division standings. And there's been some pushback from Mississippi State fans on a couple of fronts. One, uh, I think they believe uh, largely that this team is more talented than that with all of the experience that is coming back. And two, it kind of feels like more of the same. Okay, pick Mississippi State last. 
And when you look up at the end of the year, they finished kind of middle of the pack or upper half of the of the SEC Western Division. So, David, when you look at the, this Mississippi State team with this schedule that includes eight home games and does not have Georgia on it, they trade Georgia out for South Carolina, what do you think of the Bulldogs in terms of where they finish when it's all said and done? Yeah, I think they've got a chance to go bowling, absolutely, in year one under Zach Arnett. But to me, I think something that could actually work in their favor is that the rest of the league really doesn't know Kevin Barbet's offense. And you can spin it the other way, too, and say, well, uh, Will Rogers has been in the air raid his whole career, and he's got to learn a new system going into his senior year. And that's the angle I've seen most people around the country take. Uh, but if you flash back to uh, the way Mike Leach just completely stunned LSU in his first game as an SEC football coach a few years back. I mean, just to think about the, the effect that an unknown uh, scheme can have uh, on the opposition. And if they're able to hold a little bit back in the first couple of weeks, you know, they, they, they play LSU their third game, right? And, and, and you can unveil some things in a scheme that no one's really familiar with, that no one's had the game plan uh, for in the past. Uh, I think that could be something that works to their advantage. I mean, you mentioned the schedule. Uh, just compared to Ole Miss's, uh, Ole Miss has to play at Georgia, at Alabama. Uh, Mississippi State, uh, their cross-division games are Kentucky and South Carolina, both of those being winnable. Uh, their toughest non-conference game is, is Arizona, whereas Ole Miss has to play a Tulane program that, that just won the, the Cotton Bowl. So, uh, not to mention Georgia Tech being improved. So it's, um, I think it sets up pretty favorably for a first-time, first-year head coach in Zach Arnett, who I've been impressed with. Uh, I think the fact that he's given over the defensive coordinator duties is a sign of maturity uh, for somebody whose identity is on that side of the ball. The fact that he recognizes at this point in his career that he needs to be a CEO, uh, I think bodes well for uh, kind of what they're trying to accomplish here. So to me, it all comes down to that offense. Can they, can they strike that element of surprise in their opponents with a scheme that not a lot of people know yet? If so, then uh, this could be a better year than a lot of people expect. David, you kind of got to get off in the weeds um, to to identify a swing game for a particular schedule, but I guess we've done that uh, in the amount of time that we've talked about Mississippi State leading up to the start of this season. I look at September 23rd at South Carolina, which you referenced a second ago, as being a massive game for both Mississippi State and for the Gamecocks. Is, is that one that you would get on board with as being kind of a swing game? It's funny you mentioned that that is the one my, my eyes immediately gravitated toward because you, you got to play Alabama uh, the next week and, and not to say that's an impossible task, but you, you know how that one historically goes, uh, typically speaking. So to have some momentum, to have an SEC victory under your belt there against uh, South Carolina would set the table, give you some momentum. Uh, yeah, that would be big. You know, the, the others, uh, the other one that I think of that comes to mind is the only other team in the conference that has a first-year coach, which is Auburn and Hugh Freeze. And for whatever reason, because I guess uh, Hugh Freeze has coached in this division before and had success, and, and Zach Arnett's an unknown, you know, uh, Auburn seems to be getting more love. Well, you, you really think about it here, and, and you look at the quarterback situation, uh, golly, I would take Mississippi State's quarterback situation 100 times out of 100 versus what Auburn is looking at here with, I guess, Peyton Thorne being the guy, right? So it's... um. No, I think that's a that's a potentially a, a huge game, a swing game, and a, and a late season momentum builder in year one for a new regime. Certainly going to be fun to watch. We are getting closer, David. Always appreciate your time, and I look forward to catching up soon. No problem. Thanks.
David Cobb from CBS Sports and CBSSports.com joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Quick drop-in of news. No opinions whatsoever, just letting you know. Um, Former President Donald Trump has been indicted with four new counts against him by uh, Special Prosecutor Jack Smith. They are conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction of and attempt to obstruct an official proceeding, and conspiracy against rights. So, I, I mean, look, you can go to a legal consultant or Paul Gallo or whatever to uh, sort through all of those things tomorrow and in the days to, to come, but uh, the new indictment has been handed down, and those are the facts. So just in case you had not heard about that or seen that yet, you, uh, you now have that to uh, digest this evening. This is Sports Talk What's your take on that, Hey Dad? Let's really un- we'll unpack let your thoughts here. Some prevail. Hey, would uh, would you like me to continue with the reset? No, I want to get yes, Adad's uh, deep thoughts on on all the goings on politically around here. Uh, all I care about is they don't break into any games with the news of what's going on, innocent or guilty. Oh, I, you know, put it on CNN. I don't care. Hey, Dad, I already said it yesterday. Just get prepared for Otani watch. Oh, ju- no, oh just no. get ready. They're going to cut into college football I can't, again. I can't, no. There, no, there please, no. seriously is not a a better example that I can think of of ESPN having no idea who their audience is than cutting into college football games to watch Aaron Judge strike out for a record that's not even the record. He wasn't even breaking the home run record. And ESPN thought it smart. To cut away from college football games to show him strike out chasing a record that's not even the record. That is a perfect encapsulation of how the worldwide leader in sports knows nothing about sports fans. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV in the Pearl River Resort Studio with you. We got the college football fix to start things off. In the uh, in the five o'clock hour, and uh, we will get into something that is on Michael Borky's mind this time of year. Uh, Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Twenty five percent off savings on uh, some of the items that you will find online at genteelapparel.com as they've got their end of season sale going on right now. You can also find Genteel at men's clothing stores across the state of Mississippi, including Harry Meyer Clothiers in Meridian, Landry's on the Square in Oxford, S.F. Aldman in Gulfport, Smith & Company in Greenwood, and Steve's on the Square 
in Philadelphia. That is Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can join us on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. There is a new song that you likely will be tired of by the end of college football that ESPN will use as its college football anthem to go along with promos and ins and outs. It is uh, it is a Post Malone song. How, how do we feel about this? Punching us some confidence and swagger back. The best for Tennessee is still yet to come. And Alabama bounce back. Georgia, can they do it again? Okay, that's enough. I mean, it's, I, it's not as bad as that one they were going to pull out on us the like, year ago. Uh, but I mean, this whole like, why does college ball need an anthem? I have this discussion every year, and I, mean, I don't care. It's, they're going to play it going into commercials when I'm changing channels to find the other game. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Was it Imagine Dragons like three or four years ago? Theirs were fine. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah, they were fine. And the Fallout Boy one was fine. It's just they they play it into the ground. Was Fallout? Which one was Remember the, Me for Centuries? That's, that was Fallout Boy. Yeah, that was pretty good. And they just you know you watch so much college football, it just you hear it so much. That's terrible. It's terrible. I listened to the song without all the highlights and stuff on it, and I was going to play it for air, but I didn't feel like editing out language that I have to edit out. It's it's a bad song. It it, it does not when you listen to it, you you don't hear football. It, it it's bad. Just don't. Just I just don't ever feel like ESPN knows who's watching college football. Full circle in this segment. No, they don't. Yeah, they just they just don't know. But perhaps when it's all said and done, this matters not at all. It doesn't. Has zero effect of anything that's happening on the field. Just one more little uh, notch of things to talk about leading into a new college football season. College football fix. That's how we will begin the 5 o'clock hour with you coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. hour of Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort. Home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. Book your two, uh, tea time today online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borky with you. You can join the conversation on the Seaspire text line, introducing the new Connect and Protect plan from Seaspire, the phone your kids want with easy to use parental controls for you, just thirty dollars a month with auto pay. Learn more at Seaspire.com. Seaspire, 
customer inspired. It is time right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com to find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. Test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. All right, Michael Borky, this is your scenario, so I'll get out of the way and let you lay it out. So I was thinking about this earlier today. I saw a, uh, a Top 25 ranking and it just kind of sparked something. This time of year... I usually get a little bit cynical about the top of college football because as great as our beautiful sport is, especially in the playoff era, it's felt kind of helpless for 99% of college football because you've got like three teams that can actually win a championship. And it always just, it felt like even to get to four, you had to stretch sometimes. I mean, even Oklahoma, when they'd get there, would get smoked when they got there. But this year... I think going into the season anyway, it feels a little bit different. There's not the inevitability of, well, it's going to be one of Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State, so just pick one because that's it. Nobody else has a chance. I think the roster of teams that can really and truly actually win a national championship is as long as it's been in the playoff era going into a season. My question is, who do you think fits that description? Not a team that can you know get lucky and make the playoff. No. A team that you can realistically paint a picture that ends with them winning the national championship. You know, when you talk about teams that can make the playoff, that is a pretty decent list. It's a long list, honestly. But when you're talking about actually winning the title, Clearly Georgia. They've won the last two. Alabama, I don't think you would remove them from that conversation. Ohio State. Although, I feel like I just put Ohio State there as a de facto, and maybe Michigan should be named before you named Ohio State. But those two programs are the Big Ten, so Michigan Ohio State. Southern Cal. Sorry, guys, I'm struggling. Can't stop coughing. Um, Just thinking about a Pac-12 national champion made you sick. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the defense is there for uh, for Southern Cal. They did add some pretty good pieces through the transfer portal on that side of the ball, but I don't know in terms of depth if it's there. Um, who else from the SEC? We said Georgia and Alabama. I think it's three. Yeah. Georgia, Alabama, LSU. Tennessee is the dark horse there because they they had, they got to win two games. They got to beat Alabama and and Georgia. I've got them in my that? in my fringe category because there there's a big if fringe with, with Tennessee. They got to get better defensively as well. But um, no doubt, no doubt. But you know, I, I'm like breaking it down in my head by conference, and that's I think the SEC has four. Um, who? I mean, Tennessee, I feel like there are a few things that need to be answered before we can say they are in a team that can win it all. 
Yeah, there's no question. But, I mean, are their questions any different than Ohio State's questions? Yeah, Ohio State's got a more complete roster. Yeah, probably. But, I mean, they're they're missing the quarterback. We don't know what they, they've got there. They've got some great talent on that roster. But, I mean... You, you Right now, you're sitting there looking at the Ohio State schedule, and you're looking at that Michigan game, and you go, well, can they win that game? The same way we're doing with Tennessee, with Georgia, and with uh, with Alabama. So like I said, it's just they have to win those two games. They, they, they may only have to win one. If they could beat Georgia, that might be enough. ACC? No, 11 and one. Florida State? Two. Yeah, Florida Clemson. State, Clemson. Yeah. Anybody in the Big 12? Texas. Texas. They they have a roster that can I, I know trust me I make the jokes too I know yeah I know but they have a roster that Wait. if if I told you Texas won the national championship you're like oh wow but you don't have to stretch to get there when you, when you have an elite quarterback that takes care of a lot of problems and then I mean he's got good talent around him but having Ewers is good enough to win a lot of games are we we're confident that it, that Quinn Ewers is elite. I'm confident in that assessment. He's got a group of receivers that you can use that word really for, good. too. So that helps. Yeah, but, but we've seen Quinn mm-hmm. Ewers be elite, what, for half of one game in his career? He had a good season last year. You can see the tools. I mean, if I'm going to buy into Milton, I can certainly buy into Quinn Ewers with a lot more production. Okay. Um... We mentioned Florida State. Really good at the quarterback spot. Return a ton. Just a ton. Yeah. They seem to have gotten past all of the issues that existed in Mike Norvell's first year. And, you know, a lot of that was painted yeah. on Mike Norvell for not handling things the right way. But some of it was the roster that he inherited. He just had some turds. They, they I mean, to go from the back end of Jimbo Fisher into Willie Taggart. You did not do Mike Novell a lot of favors for year one and year two of his tenure. Yeah, Jimbo got a pass for what Taggart was left with. They had the worst offensive line in Division I college football in Taggart's first year. Yeah. The worst. When they do those grades, their best offensive lineman was like ranked 460th in college football. (laughs) That's how bad they were and obviously didn't get any better. Anybody else from the Pac-12? We mentioned Southern Cal. What about UW? Oregon and Washington are both reasonable. Yeah, I have. I also have them like in my fringe category. Like, if Oregon were to win a national championship, I, I would be that would surprise me. Getting to the playoff would not surprise me at all. But right. yeah, I mean, veteran quarterback. They unlocked Bo Nix last year. He was really good. They've recruited and portaled really well. And then with Washington, Haydad hey, said it earlier, quarterback play. They've got a great one. They, a they've, they've got a good off. They've got uh, – could they line up toe-to-toe and, and go athlete for athlete with Georgia? Maybe not. But when you've got quarterback play and scheme like they've got, any given you can Saturday, do a lot. Another thing with Georgia is I don't underestimate what Dan Lanning brings, having played, coached in the SEC, coached for a national championship. You know, he knows how to get there at least. Top uh, top five receivers returned from Washington, and they accounted for 
24 touchdown catches a year ago. And there's no question they got a guy that can deliver the rock. Michael Penix threw for 4,600 yards and 31 touchdowns last year. Yeah. His footwork's bad, though, I hear. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's what some people would have you believe. Yeah. Wait, am I missing something? Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, he's incredible. Him returning to Washington, because of where it is in relation to us, people around here, like, that didn't move a single needle, right? But that was massive, because last year's quarterback class was not very good, as it turns out. He could have gotten drafted, not in the first round, but but he could have gotten drafted and, and could be on an NFL roster right now, chose to stay, and now they're this, a dark horse contender. Class, this quarterback class in college football this year is just unbelievable. There are so many guys who are the already elite, and then you have guys who are ready to take that step into elite. You know, I I, I mean, it's just it's just incredible to me to watch. What about um, what about Jimmy Franklin's Penn State Nittany Lions? They went eleven and two last no. year. The the expectations no. there are massive. Like they, they think that they are a championship but contender. They're not beating Ohio State or Michigan. They're real fired up They'll be Drew in the Cotton Bowl, but yeah. oh, yeah, he's a good player. But they'll they'll be another nine and three, ten and two season. They'll play in the Cotton Bowl or the Peach Bowl, and that would be a good year. But they're not playing competing for a national championship. That's your college football fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. We got more coming up for you. As we roll through the final 45 minutes on this Tuesday afternoon on Sports Talk Mississippi. I listen to it at work. At work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk. Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. Team Brian Haydad for the rest of the way. Richard had to step away, just could not control that cough. Hopefully, he'll be back tomorrow. So, a, a I don't know. If I'm you, trying to think of a joke yeah. of like what he had an allergic reaction to and how it affected him and where Mississippi State Somebody was involved. Somebody poor walked like, into the it. studio. <laughs> oh, now you're alone the rest of the way. I can't come back from that. Uh, oh, so is that guy wearing? Is that guy wearing like a shirt you got at Walmart? <laughs> yeah, I got you. He had Clark's instead of Cole Hans on his feet. I couldn't stand him. Anyway, there is a big college football story, kinda. I think it's big. It's interesting, if nothing else, that just dropped. So people were curious during Big Twelve media days why. Iowa State didn't bring quarterback Hunter Deckers. It was kind of fascinating. It's like, wait, why is this guy not coming to talk to the media? We know why now. Hunter Deckers, Iowa State quarterback, uh, has had criminal charges filed 
against him, charging him with tampering with records related to the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigations probe into sports gambling. Deckers is accused of placing 26 wagers on Iowa State sporting events, including the Oklahoma State game, when he was a sophomore backup quarterback. According to the complaint filed in the Iowa District Court for Story County, that is a real place, Story County, Deckers did not play in the game. The complaint alleges that the DraftKings account controlled by him completed approximately 366 mobile online sports wagers, totaling just under $2,800. He is facing permanent loss of his eligibility, and whatever those criminal complaints can lead to. Mm. I mean... He won't be the last. I'm almost willing to guarantee that. Almost 100%. I mean, it, this is this is something that coaches are going to have to get a huge hold on, you know, and, and get people away from thinking that, hey, gambling doesn't mean going to the casino or it doesn't mean you've got a live person bookie that you deal with. That app you use on your phone, that's gambling. And if you're using that, you're going to lose your ability to play football here. And I don't know how you drum that into players' heads, amongst other things, but I promise this kid will not be the last one to lose eligibility because he's been placing bets. It's a game in which uh, Iowa State won, by the way, in 2021. They they won by three, 24-21. Oklahoma State was ranked number seven at the time. So he either bet on his own team or... Or he lost a bet against his own team with the aforementioned tampering with sports records is the language that they use. Goes back to when Carmine Lupertazzi invented point shaving. It's just a thing that happens. You know, there there is a subset of people, though, because a handful of NFL players have gotten suspended as well for betting on NFL games that they weren't a part of. And... Or, or placing wagers in the facility, which is against league rules. And some people have argued, oh, that's so stupid. If they're not betting against their team, why shouldn't they be allowed to do it? It's like, well, it's not fair. It, they are multi million dollar athletes. It's okay that they can't place wagers on NFL games. Why is that something that people so staunchly defend? Is they should be allowed... No. Competitive integrity needs to be maintained at the highest level. And if you've got players even putting money on other games, they've got friends on other teams. These guys don't play on the same team team their entire career. Well, not only that, like Team X has a guy from Alabama. Team Y has a team from Alabama. And Team X, you know, one guy's talking his, to his former college teammate, and the college teammate just happens to drop in. Oh yeah, so and so, he's not feeling it this week. I don't think he's going to play. We haven't said anything, but I don't think he's going to play. All of a sudden, you place a bet because you have that information. Then you find it comes out that he's not, he's not, you know, not playing, and you've pl- already placed your bet. So, you got to. That's why you can't. It's nothing's happening in a vacuum here. It, it's just indefensible to me. Yeah, people in different positions should be treated differently. Now, 
this isn't the case. Politicians should not, elected officials should not be allowed to have stock holdings. I think that I think you should no if doubt. you're if you're going to be a congressman or a senator, you should have to sell your portfolio, because trading stocks with inside information, which happens all the time, should be against the law. So th- this principle doesn't just apply to poor little old football players. Uh, but but there are things that that I do, or that I'm conscious of because of the job that I have. The things that I say in 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 public or that I choose not to say in public it's it's kind of weird like I, uh, I I had a really bad experience uh, with a, a contract worker recently somebody that was going to do work on my house it, they they were very dishonest with me and I knew that they were being dishonest with me and instead of you know kind of letting them have it I just didn't return their calls anymore because he was trying to mm-hmm. sell me an upcharge of thousands of dollars. That kind of stuff. Like, you want I, me to I, call I'm, the guy? No. I'm just more I conscious. Call the guy about our friend? Yeah. Yeah, maybe we should. But <laughs> it, it, depending on okay. what you do for a living, you're more conscious of what you do. There are things that you can and cannot do. If you're a doctor, you can't go to the bar before surgery. Drinking alcohol is not against the law. But if you've got surgery at 5, you can't have a few beers over lunch at noon. If you're an NFL player and you've got a game on Sunday, you can't put money on it on Thursday. And if your buddy's got a game on Sunday, you can't put money on his game. It's it's just the, the arguing for the player's ability to bet on these games I find so stupid. Even for college players. You are living free in college. That's a privilege. On top of the NIL money that a quarterback's probably getting. Don't bet on games. Don't. Just don't do it. It's it's so simple. Sometimes when you have a position of privilege, you lose the ability to just do whatever the heck you want whenever you want to. And so I have no sympathy for... For football players that get suspended or worse when they bet on football games. You know you can't do it. They hammer at home that you can't do it. Using insider information to do it is wrong. It's a very stupid thing. I don't think he should go to jail. The the criminal side of this, I I would like to know what he bet and what he knew and and stuff before I would call for him to go to jail over betting on football games. But if you lose your scholarship, man, you should have known better. Because they tell you, if you get suspended for a year in the NFL for, for putting a few hundred bucks on a parlay, when you've got a salary that's getting you paid a few hundred thousand dollars every two weeks, you're an idiot. And I have no sympathy for you. This is where the NFL and college sports, they're right. You can't have the players betting on games. You can't have the doctors drinking before surgery. You shouldn't have the politicians moving stocks with insider information. It's all the same. Nobody with any common sense can disagree with what you just said. Nobody could do it. If if you if you disagree with that, then you just don't have common sense. That's fine. You don't have to have common sense. 
It's not a it's not a law in this country. God knows that, but I mean everything was just true. Yeah. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. We get a question just tuning in. What's the story on the Clemson linebacker the Rebels picked up? Was no. I look. I know that there, there's a a rumor about why he got dismissed from the team at Clemson. I have not seen a single reputable person even intimate that that is why. That's, as far as I understand it, that's coming from one anonymous Twitter account, and it's just exploded to the point where we get asked about it all if, day. We, if I were to intimate it, would I be repu- am I reputable enough? Because I, yeah. I, I want to intimate it. I mean, all right, well, I'll just say no, it. Then. But don't. <laughs> Um, no, don't do it. He had the dump button ready right there. There, there. Um, no, there's, there's no. I mean, maybe it, maybe the rumors are true, but, but so often, internet and message board and Twitter rumors are false, and so I, yeah, I, I, feel like I am, it's gonna be tough to prove. I'm, I'm not gonna use this platform to even acknowledge what that is, for what it's worth to you, and it may be worth nothing. Dabo said. Uh, that he's he said he's a good man and a good player. They've got rules and they just both sides needed to to go their separate ways and he hopes the best for him. Whatever that means, I don't know. But I, that that message board rumor stuff is going to stay there. We'll be right back. Okay, what we do next? Keep it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888 8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Two questions. I'm Borky. He say that, by the way. Two questions. First question is... Still a little early for two questions. A little bit. we got a few more weeks. How much do you buy into the concept of bulletin board material? That's question one. And question two... Oh. Do you remember okay. Pole Assassin? <laughs> the answer to question two is yes. I was not expecting to hear her name today. Hallowed be her name. Uh... <laughs> Paul Assassin. Ah, okay. Uh, secondly, uh, to answer your first question, I'm not a big believer in it. I don't. I don't think that things that get said overly affect the games. Now, there can be some times where coaches or, or players say something really, really dumb, but and that that gets its way back. Like the average thing, you know. You know, I think we're going to beat Team X. I don't yeah. think that happens. So, in case you don't remember the name Pole but, Assassin, but, you but guys shout out to Pole Assassin. I, I think it was two Halloweens ago now. Or it, maybe, it was two Halloweens ago when the yeah, live-in girlfriend of a Texas assistant coach, uh, her pet monkey. That, that she would use in her her act to some degree, and she went a by the name... burlesque kind yeah, of act. She, she went by the name Pole Assassin, so you can assume her profession. And <laughs> the, the monkey bit a trick-or-treater. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, 
I just love and, reliving this. It was funny then. It's oh funny now. God. It, it, I think they got sued for it anyway. Uh, yes. Jeff Banks, he was at Alabama, I believe, went to Texas with Sark. He's the special teams coordinator at Texas. It was his girlfriend who bit the trick or treat, her monkey, her pet monkey, bit the trick or treater, and her name was Pole Assassin. Anyway, Pole Assassin's boyfriend or husband, whatever he is to her now, uh, may have given Alabama some bulletin board material. He uh, was asked during their media days what he'll tell the Texas team before they visit Tuscaloosa. They go to Alabama this year. Quote, it's just another road game. It's just as hard in Kansas and Iowa State as it's going to be in Tuscaloosa. It's just bigger and there's more people. End quote. Thoughts? That is a lie. That's what I would tell you. Uh, it is bigger, and there are more people, but it's going to be a lot harder for a lot more reasons than what Coach Banks laid out there for, uh, for, for the Texas people. Uh, namely, the fact that Alabama is a lot better football team than the ones in Kansas and, and Iowa State. No offense to those fine football teams who have beaten Texas recently. Um, yeah. Yeah, not smart. There are some bears you just shouldn't tickle. This is one of them. Yeah, I just, uh, Mr. Assassin, uh, are you saying that it's the same? <laughs> that, it, that, I'm it's, out. that it's the same because uh, there's a chance you lose? Because when you play in Lawrence, there's a chance you lose, and the same thing in Ames, and so there's a chance you lose in Tuscaloosa? Or are you really trying to say that? The 38,000 people that bless the stands at Lawrence, Kansas, are the same as the 105,000 people that will be at Bryant-Denny in Tuscaloosa. What a, what a progressive man. He took her name. <laughs> Mr. Assassin. I want to interview her so bad. Just like, so, Miss Assassin. If that is your real name. I don't remember seeing any create... Did did Texas have a game day road game last year? I don't think so. Did they? A day game? Other than, I mean, you know, obviously the... A a game day road game. But that's not a road game. Um, I don't don't recall one. I I hope the Alabama students... Wasn't TCU, was it? Where was TCU? I think that was an awesome... That was a day game. Okay, or a game day game, because here's why I ask. Because yeah. the the signage. If I, I hope <laughs> the Alabama students remember. And they don't Somebody really get into get game day like, like other people do anymore. No. They get it so often. Because they, they care. I mean, it's like, for me, it's like, hey, we're having Papa John's tonight. I still like Papa John's, but how can I be super excited about that? I've had it. Thousands of times. That's how they are with college game day. Oh, they're here again? Okay. Well, we'll go out there. We'll make it look good. But not the way State and Ole Miss get fired up for it because it's such a rare thing. (laughs) That is a fascinating weekend in the SEC, by the way. So week one, we love week one. There have been better opening weekends of college football on Saturday anyway. We got Florida State, LSU, uh, on yeah. Sunday, that's awesome. Uh, the Thursday Florida, slate's Utah's good. On Thursday, yeah, yeah. Week two, Saturday, it's kind of weak. Week two's fascinating. So South Carolina's hosting Furman, the upset special. 
But yeah. but Vanderbilt's at Wake Forest. Eh, it's a little appetizer. Yeah. That's the weekend that Auburn is at Cal, which will be like a 9.45 Eastern time kickoff. That's Mississippi State, Arizona weekend. That's mm-hmm. Ole Miss, Tulane weekend. That's A&M at Miami. Mm-hmm. And then Alabama good games. and Texas. That is a better weekend than what we get the week before. Um, I'm going to miss Alabama-Texas. I'll be at the state game. Well, you know, I say that. I haven't decided that yet. Well, you also have a device. You just you know, put that game in front of you. Yeah, but it's not the same. You know, It's not the same as feet up in the recliner, yeah. plate full of barbecue. You know? Wait, we know we'll when see. that kickoff is, don't we? State-Arizona. Both of them are night games. Yeah, they're both mm-hmm. night games. Good for state and the crowd and stuff being at night. But Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we should pull a, uh, and by we, I mean college football, should pull a page out of the MHSAA playbook and mandate the first few games start at a certain time. Yeah. I, I will be in New Orleans for that weekend, but I'm not going to the Tulane game. I, I, I'll watch that at a bar somewhere and then do all the post-game stuff. At, at the hotel or whatever, going to the Saints game the next day. Mm-hmm. The the thought of sitting at Yulman Stadium on September 9th at two thirty in the afternoon, I I just can't. It, I'm telling you, when you walk out of the Make stadium, sure you drink plenty of Kool Aid. Oh my gosh! I mean, hydrate yourself seriously. Yeah. Careful on Friday night. It just if you can find a way to have a low key night in New Orleans, where like you hang out, and it in New Orleans you got to be careful what you hydrate with. True, can't, can't just yeah. We mean I meant water, but don't I don't mean the other stuff. Can I have a Gatorade? You take a sip. It's like this is just vodka, purple vodka. It's purple drink. Yeah, but you got to be careful on Friday night because that heat will yeah. will get you. On that day, yeah, it's gonna be brutal. I don't, I don't envy you. I would definitely wear powder blue if I were you. I would not go red or navy blue. Yeah, but if you wear powder, you blend in with the Tulane people because they wear powder now. Oh, uh, white, just something. Go, yeah, I mean, you just gonna have to figure it out. You know what you do? You just go shirtless, man. Let it fly. Now we're talking. Yeah, I wouldn't go body paint because that'll just drip off in that heat. Oh yeah, yeah. You guys, you gotta you, go shirtless. You think you look great. Although I would probably send you, I would probably Venmo you a hundred bucks if I could get you body painted at an Ole Miss football game, and I could see that. Hundred bucks would not do it. It would have to be a, nah, a whole lot. I more. mean, I I would start up a GoFundMe, a Kickstarter. Like Michael Borky will paint his body. He will. He'll be part of the crew that spells out "Hotty Toddy" in the end zone. He'll be one of the T's for, and we'll raise as much as we can. Figure out the dollar amount. Yeah, but it's got to be high because I—I mean, I am so looking forward to somewhere in like the warehouse district, which is my favorite part of the city, for whatever it's worth to you. Yeah, and finding yeah. a nice climate-controlled bar and like having my mm-hmm. iPad with me mm-hmm. and just watching college football day and just sipping on bourbon and having so many oysters that I, I wouldn't be able to stand up when it's over. There you go. And then that the next great. day, watch us beat the crap out of the Titans. I like that. I like that that policy. Yeah, 
Hopkins does nothing for me. We're going to beat the crap out of the Titans that next day. Yeah, yeah, we're fine. Does nothing for me. Six zero one eight seven nine seventeen or no thing. Oh yeah, no doubt. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. Somebody said that guy must have gotten bit by her monkey. He's out of his mind. Tyler and Corinth is going to tri- uh, uh, give us twenty bucks towards the Borky Paint Fund. How hard okay, is it to so, start a GoFundMe? Let me have a look. It's probably very easy, if I had to guess. Yeah. Yeah. The, we got. Yeah, we got to get a ticket too. We got to get you into the studio. Oh, uh, that's. By the way, we'll figure that out. The credential will get you in there. Where is Cross coughing up uh, up a lung? He'll uh, he'll be back tomorrow. But anyway, six zero one eight whatever your number is. By the way, is the text line. Whatever your number is, crosses is like triple. Oh, he no, it's five, like ten it's, times more. It's a lot more, yeah. a lot more. Uh, final thoughts with you when we come back. Text us six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Do you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi. We get a message says something crazy happened when you responded to my text. Every word y'all were saying came back to my phone on text, then went away after I tried to text back. Well, your devices are always listening, you know. You hit the button and get the the voice to text thing going, yeah. and heard everything we were saying, so I put it on there. And then when you went to text, you were like, "What is this?" and you deleted it. Or they're listening. Or your device is listening to you, which it is. I mean, which could be happening. It, It'll be happening. It absolutely is happening. Yeah. Man, I will never forget having a conversation. And I know this happens all the time. All of you have a story like this, I'm sure. But uh, about that that new drink, Body Armor. It's like yeah. it's like uh, Gatorade, but there's less sugar. It's more about the hydro. I don't know. It, it's, it's a drink. It's a sports drink. Body Armor is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And I was in a car with a couple of buddies talking about body armor, just having a conversation about body armor during a road trip. Mm -hmm. I get home, open my computer, and the first ad I get, my computer at home, is body armor. Yeah. They know. They know. I texted texted a friend of mine. He asked me where I got my oil changed. I texted him where I got my oil changed. And then within... An hour that there was an ad for that place on Facebook for me. So it's yeah, it's real. I, hey, I, real quick, I, I know that. y'all y'all didn't talk about it yesterday because you wouldn't if you wouldn't get this information. But MSU released their uh, practice schedule, uh, and I have that here. So practice for state is going to begin Friday, August fourth at nine forty five a.m. You want you want to know the the surest sign that there's a new regime in Starkville? Mike Leach would not have had practice at 9.45 in the morning. Arnett's going to be running a lot of morning practices trying to beat the heat. Uh, the first three days, all, uh, sorry, the first two days, Friday, Saturday, all practice is open to the media. 
uh, and then it just sort of goes from there with some different things, sometimes the first 20 minutes, sometimes no practice at all, uh, going up into game week. Um, so the third, I'm sorry, the fourth through the 24th, there are practices almost every day. And they, they, they skip a few days here and there. Well, that's exciting, though. You'll get go. to see practice and then yeah. talk about what you see. Yeah. And I, I was thinking, like, I'm pretty sure I'll be back at press conferences this year. I'm excited to, yeah. to be back in the mix for the uh, the press conferences. Could never do it with Leach. Because they'll be going on so, at a reasonable be, hour. And I would be surprised if we weren't done by like 11 a.m. I, I wouldn't be. I would be. I could see like some 10 a.m. press conference. Nice. Arnett wants to get that over with. Yeah, the the so. Saints have modified their practice schedule too to to beat the Heat. They've, they just just saw that, yeah. They had a couple of players leave practice today with with Heat related stuff. I mean, as you guys can imagine, it's not new. Just trying to do two hours of football practice outside in New Orleans right now. It's not at right. noon is not kind of a you know kind of a stupid thing to do, especially when you're protecting assets. I mean, everybody remembers in high school when your coach like really tried to kill you, like literally mm-hmm. in hindsight. Like these guys were so stupid that we could we could have really like died out here. Um, yeah, not the case anymore. There's, That's, I, I thought about that. It's like there used to be a time, you know. We I'd say that Arnett is looking to move practice so he can beat the heat. Right? There was a time where football coaches would try to schedule practice. To embrace the heat, like what's the hottest part of the day? That's when we're going to practice. Oh, and water you get to, you get it once an hour, and of course I'm only a generation removed from you don't get water at all. So yeah. you know, just run you until you throw up and all that stuff. And yeah, yeah, you'll pass out. But that and the the biggest lie ever told that if you put your hands on your head, it helps you breathe better than if you put your hands on your knees. Scientifically disproven. I want an apology really? from every high school football coach. Mm-hmm. Every high school football coach that's ever said that has lied to you. And if you're listening and you play high school football right now, and your coach says that, you tell him, Brian, hey, that said that you're a liar. Now so, you're going to get run for that. But tell him because I still do that. I, I try like after no, workouts put your to hand stand on your up knees. straight. Put your hands on your knees. I mean, think about it. It makes it easier. Did it ever feel like you were breathing better with your hands on your head? No. No. Why? Because it's not easier. Coaches were lying to you the whole time. Yeah, they had, I had a handful of coaches that lied about a lot of things. Um, one of which got him terminated. But that's a conversation maybe for another day. But, I never had those kind of problems. Yeah. We appreciate you guys being a part of the show today. We will get Richard back tomorrow, hopefully. And uh, maybe. We'll, we'll talk about the camp. Pores walk in the, the studio. I know, right? We've got to be careful. Yeah. Uh, Guy walks in with new balances and then shows over again, you know. Being around me this week nearly killed him, or last week nearly killed him. Uh, Old Miss, Southern Miss start tomorrow. We'll uh, hear from Lane Kiffin as he previews training camp and players and Pete Golding for the only time this year. We'll get to hear from Pete Golding. We'll be tomorrow. Looking forward to bringing all that to you starting at 3. Y'all have a good rest of your night. We'll see you then.
running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.